Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation on the biggest stories out of the Vatican. The Pope, he's fine. The surgical operation and the general anesthesia were well tolerated by the Pope. Now he's awake, he's fine, and he's already at work. Pope Francis has been in the hospital since Wednesday, June 7th. We'll give you the lowdown on his surgery and his recovery. And in the second half of the show, we'll analyze how the Vatican has been communicating about the Pope's hospitalization. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New Orleans, Jerry. Good afternoon from a tropical season in Rome, Colleen. We had sunshine this morning, very humid, then thunderstorm about an hour ago, and I don't know what it will be like when I get out of this studio. Jay, have you been part of the throng of reporters going to stand outside the Gemelli Hospital where the Pope is? No, I did that many times for John Paul II and once or twice for Francis in July 2021. But this time we get streaming of what's happening through Vatican media. So you don't have to brave the tropical weather. Absolutely no. All right, Jerry. So Pope Francis underwent a three-hour surgery to repair an abdominal hernia on Wednesday, June 7th. And the Pope's surgeon, speaking to the press, said that the surgery went well and that the Pope has been encouraged to stay in the hospital for at least a week. The Vatican has released updates once or twice a day since the surgery, saying that the Pope is now, we're recording this on Tuesday, June 13th, he's talking and he's been able to walk around a little bit and do some work. His surgeon also said that the Pope's post-op tests look good. Pope Francis did skip reciting the Angelus from his hospital window on Sunday based on his doctor's advice, and all of his audiences have been canceled through June 18th, which is a week and a half after the surgery. So Jerry, that's a little bit of what we've heard from the Vatican's official statements to the press, but you've been able to speak with some people who have talked with the Pope in the hospital. What have they told you about how he's doing? Well, he's recovering very well, and he's in good spirits. Uh, I think a little bored. He wants to get out. You know, he, Colin, he's an impatient patient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I would describe him. But I think it was interesting the remark the surgeon made, Professor Alfieri. Mm-hmm. Sergio Alfieri, right? Yes, Sergio Alfieri. He said that I think with age, he's gained in wisdom. Hmm. He made this comment after the Pope had accepted not to recite the Angelus from the window on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That would have been just three and a half days after the operation, and it really would have been stretching fortune to have gone to the window and to stand there for 15 minutes. Right. Dr. Alfieri has worked on the Pope before. He was the one who did the original intestine operation in 2021, July 4th, 2021. Um, So he has some experience with, with the Pope as an impatient patient. 
Right now, he's told us that the recovery plan for the Pope is to put as little pressure as possible on the Pope's abdomen so that they don't risk breaking this prosthetic netting that was put in where the hernia was, and also to give his abdominal muscles some time to heal. That's why he advised the Pope not to stand for 15 minutes or to go to the window. They're trying to limit the amount of pressure exerted. Jerry, I'm curious, what does the day-to-day look like for him in hospital right now? Well, he obviously, they check his temperature, they check his bloods every day to make sure there's no problem there. And uh, he, he gets out of bed and walks to the armchair. He spends a lot of time in the armchair. Mm-hmm. He reads uh, the newspapers. I don't think he does a lot of reading of the newspapers, but he's back to work mm. and he's checking documents. His secretaries, they come up there, they bring him documents that he needs to read. I think he calls people as well, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the Pope, uh, he, he prays, but he's not a man just to do nothing. And then, of course, the doctor comes and chats with him. He said it's it's a rare privilege to be able to chat with him. And I love the statement he made. He said, you know, according to his identity card, he's a man of 86 years old, but he has a mind of a 60-year-old. <laughs> I, I love that. It captures very well the Pope. And everybody I've spoken to who's spoken to the Pope says he really has kept this sense of humor. And he's often cracking jokes, as we said in the title of one of our recent articles. Mm-hmm. It's just Francis. But I, I think he also wants to get out. Yeah. I like the thing that the surgeon said. He told him, well, you can't lift any heavy objects now. And the Pope said, what do you expect me to do? I'm the Pope. <laughs> Yes, and it's interesting. He followed the mass on television. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Many of our listeners will have had that experience during the pandemic of watching mass on television, following the mass, and he also has received the Eucharist every day, the communion. The surgeon also said that it takes about three months for the Pope's abdominal muscles to fully heal, which would be until early September. So, Jerry, I wanted to ask you about the plans for World Youth Day in Lisbon. That's in early August. Right now, the Pope is planning to go, but do you think this is going to end up being like the Pope's travel in late 2021, where we're kind of finding out if he's really going right before the trip? Yes, he's scheduled to go to Lisbon, the capital of Portugal, on August the 2nd and to stay there until the 6th. The stay there includes a helicopter trip to Fatima on the 5th of August. It's quite a heavy program, but if he rests, as everybody wants him to do, in the month of July, then he could well have at least gone a long way on the path of total recovery. Then at the end of August, he's heading for Mongolia. That's an eight or nine hour flight to Mongolia. He's due to travel there on the 31st of August and to return to Rome on the 4th of September. Right, and this is still within the three-month range for the healing of the abdominal muscles. Absolutely. I mean, if we'd followed the doctor's advice, he wouldn't be traveling until mid-September. I think he's determined to go. And as the doctor said, he said, we make proposals to the Pope, but he decides. Nobody imposes on the Pope what the program is. Mm -hmm. And he said he accepted our advice about the Angelus. He accepted our advice to stay in some extra days. But I can't see him staying in much longer than this weekend. Got it. All right, Jerry, one last thing I wanted to ask you about is that the Pope has been doing respiratory therapy as part of his recovery. This was a surgery on an abdominal hernia. Basically, it was a hernia that formed on the incision from his 
2021 intestine surgery. So why respiratory therapy? If you've got this scar on your, on your stomach and you've got to learn, one, how to move around, and secondly, you've got to learn in terms if you cough or breathe, you've got to learn how to moderate your breathing. But there is no respiratory problem. The, the surgeon has been very clear about this. He said, as a young man, he had a problem where they removed the upper lobe of his right lung, but just the upper lobe, the rest of the lung remained. And he said he's had no problems since with breathing. Well, what about the bronchitis, though? That's a respiratory problem. Well, I've been reading, you know, Colleen, I'm almost becoming a medical student here. <laughs> Get all these this terminology in the press, in the medical statements. So you have to go and look and try and understand what what is a clinical picture. Yes, they don't make it easy for us. Hemodynamic, uh, all these words that we don't normally use in day-to-day -day conversation. What I understood reading the material is that if you're overweight and you have this incisional hernia beginning to play up, mm -hmm. this can create the type of pneumonia or bronchitis that he had. Oh, interesting. This can trigger it. Okay. And, and remember, it's important to remember, the Pope was only in hospital for less than four days mm -hmm. when he went in in March 29. And so it obviously was not a major thing, but uh, if when you read the literature, you understand that the incisional hernia plus the extra weight that the Pope put on because he was not able to walk up to two months ago, that these two factors can trigger that kind of lung problem. I see. So that would explain a little bit of why he has to work on this respiratory therapy. Yeah. All right, Jerry, you and I are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how the Vatican has been communicating about this hospitalization. Stay with us. Saints for Sinners offers hundreds of saint medallions, all beautifully hand-painted right here in New Orleans. Each medal is unique, and there's a saint for everyone and anyone. For animal lovers, for musicians, for mothers, for daughters. These saint medals are all wearable, and they make great gifts for any occasion. The saints offer guidance, perspective, comfort, and most of all, hope. These one-of-a-kind hand-painted saint medals are tiny tokens of hope. Find your saint online at saintsforsinners.com. Imported from Italy, hand-painted in New Orleans. Visit saintsforcenters.com. For the second part of our show today, I want to zoom out and talk about how the Vatican has been communicating about Pope Francis's hospitalization. On Tuesday of last week, when the Pope was spotted going into the hospital for some tests, which we now know was a CT scan that convinced doctors to operate the next day, the Vatican didn't confirm it until two hours later. But with the surgery, they were really proactive. They announced that he would have surgery even before he left the Vatican. And then they had a press conference with the Pope's surgeon just after the surgery concluded, and then again on Saturday. So Jerry, 
I'm wondering how this stacks up with Francis's last two operations. Is there like a clear trajectory and improvement or a worsening of the Vatican's communication strategy around this? Or has it been kind of up and down, less, less linear? Well, it's like night and day in some ways. Oh, really? Because in the f- operation when he went in on the f- 4th of July, mm-hmm. 2021, mm-hmm. we got to know from Italian media Right. That he was in hospital. And then the Vatican confirmed. I remember you at a 4th of July party when the news broke and you had to drop everything and rush. Yes, I was at a 4th of July party. And uh, then the information was really very minimal, I would say. We gradually over the, he was 10 days in hospital, but there was really a desire for real briefing and it wasn't coming. And the only information was coming through the Vatican press office. None of the Pope's medics was speaking. Right. Yeah. And this apparently was at the Pope's own instruction. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a big improvement that we're hearing directly from the surgeon now. This is a totally different picture. And the fact that the surgeon came immediately within a short time after the operation, Mm -hmm. he came after speaking to the Pope. The Pope had recovered, woken up from the anesthetic, and he had spoken to the Pope. And he came and he was able to tell us, he said, you know, the Pope, he cracked a joke and said, you know, when we've done two, when are we going to do the third? (laughs) So it showed the Pope was not just awake, but he had his sense of humor. So he was in pretty good shape. And then the the surgeon, in that briefing, he explained to us that there was no complications. And he said then that the tissues that they had taken, both from the 2021 operation and from this one, that they were benign. And it was significant he said this because, remember, after the July 4, 2021 operation, in Rome, there was... Rumor being circulated that the Pope had cancer, but people weren't saying it. Mm-hmm, right. And even remember, the late Cardinal Pell was suggesting there could be a conclave before Christmas. But that was the basis of it because of this rumor that was going around. They were saying the Vatican is covering up. They're not really saying what the real situation of the Pope. And so the doctor was very, I think, very astute in this first briefing to the press on Wednesday, June 7th in the evening. He made clear. No complications. There had also been a rumor about the Pope having a heart attack that was a fake story that circulated around his hospitalization in March of this year. It seemed like the surgeon was trying to get ahead of fake news on that as well. This, again, was addressing the false rumors that circulated after the March hospitalization. So the doctor gave a very clear picture of the Pope's health, more than we have had ever, I think. He said, doesn't have cancer. His heart condition is good. Got it. So it sounds like you're seeing a lot more transparency from the Vatican in in putting the surgeon in front of us and having him uh, directly address not just the surgery that the Pope just had, but also all of these other rumors that had been going around. Jerry, I've been working on this article on how the Vatican has been communicating about Pope's health, not just through this papacy, but through the last few. Um, And I talked to John Thavis, who was the Rome Bureau Chief for Catholic News Service. He's somebody that both of us know really well. 
he told me that he thinks that even back to John Paul II's papacy, the Vatican has always been very clear and forthcoming when the Pope's doctors have answers or clear prognoses. And where they tend to keep things closer to the chest is when there's uncertainty. So for example, like we saw last week, the Pope going in for tests, they're they're less willing to communicate that because it doesn't have a clear message about how he's doing. I wonder if that rings true to your experience covering John Paul and Benedict and Francis's papacies. Well, yes and no. All right, tell me. Because I think what this last week has shown, that where the doctors come out clearly and transparently, there's great credibility. Where the doctors hesitate is when speculation begins to flourish. Absolutely, yeah. I think Francis really liked to keep control of the information about his health, although he is on record in giving a very long interview about all his medical ailments over the years since childhood to Dr. Nelson Castro, this Argentine doctor who's written a book on the health of the popes, and he gave him this extended interview on his own health. There you have Francis spoke openly about his health, and indeed on the press conferences on the plane, He's revealed quite a lot about the details, telling us that, you know, 33 centimeters of his colon had been removed. You raise a good point about how transparent the Pope is when he's speaking himself about his health. In fact, when we were preparing for this episode, I went back and found the interview that he gave to Nicole Winfield from the Associated Press back in January. He actually told her that the bulges in his intestinal wall had returned. So, you know, an early foretelling of of this surgery that he had to have. Yes. In in fact, uh, to be honest, when I read that remark... I thought, well, maybe we've got another operation down the line. <laughs> that was my instant <laughs> take on that right. on that comment. But it didn't get picked up in much of the media, and I didn't write on it. No, yeah. Well, it would have been speculation at that point. But Jerry, I, you know, we've talked about how brief the Vatican statements are on this. Why do you think there's this contrast between the brevity of the Vatican statements and then how open the Pope is in his own interviews about his health? Well, in the Vatican, they know the Pope likes to be very private, and he doesn't want his whole self to be the focus of attention. And so he doesn't want a lot of focus on his medical problems up to now. But I think Francis, as the surgeon said, he's gained in wisdom, and he's understood by keeping silent, you open the floodgates to those who purveyors of fake news. So now, by being really open and straightforward and giving the information as is, you are pulling the carpet from under the fake news uh, merchants. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's another part of this too that's less, I don't know, political or media savvy, which is just that You know, every time the Pope is sick, and even when he's not sick, he's always asking people to pray for him. I think part of the transparency is that, you know, he wants he wants all these people who are praying for him to know what's going on, to know that he's okay, so that they don't have to worry. But there's also another fact that as happened with John Paul II, when the first ten years before he he died, when the first rumors about health problems emerged, uh, there was immediate speculation about conclave. Well, one last thing that you know we haven't seen yet that we may see by the time this episode comes out on Friday is photos of the Pope. We haven't seen the Pope at all during this hospitalization. And this is uh, as of Tuesday the 13th. So we haven't seen him, but, but it's, I, I, I think a person has a right to a certain 
privacy and dignity. And the doctor spoke about this. I remember, Colleen, at the end of last year, before Benedict died, they were putting photos of him in really bad shape on Instagram in the media. I remember that, yeah. And many people in the Vatican said, this really isn't very dignified. It's not very respecting the person's dignity. And I, I think that we haven't had a photo of the Pope. Uh, I think it's a good thing. We will see him soon enough when he probably goes and visits the pediatric unit, oncological pediatric unit in the hospital. He's almost sure to go there. Yeah, after all this, all the kids drew him such nice pictures. And in his last hospitalizations, he's stopped by to say thank you. But I think that what you just raised about medical privacy gets right to the heart of the questions around medical transparency. It's this balance between, you know, what we have a right to know and the Pope's own right to privacy and and dignity, like you just said, with Benedict XVI. All right, Jerry, thanks for taking some time to talk through all this with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Colleen. We also do have some good news to share with our listeners about this podcast. Our deep dive on the Pope's apology for residential schools in Canada last year won second place at the Catholic Media Awards for the best topical news podcast. So we'll include a link to listen to that episode in the show notes. And our superstar producer, Maggie Van Dorn, who is on this call right now, also won podcaster of the year. And we're very, very proud of her for that. So applause for Maggie. Silent, silent applause on the Zoom call. <laughs> Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This episode was produced by the one and only Maggie Van Dorn. Audio engineering by Kevin Christopher Robles. Production assistance from Cristobal Spielman and Robert Balliser at the Jesuit Curia in Rome. Our executive producer is Sebastian Gomes. To keep up with the latest news out of the Vatican, please follow us on Twitter at INSDE Vatican Pod. That's Inside Without the Second I, Vatican Pod. You can also find me on Twitter at Colleen Dully, that's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-D-U-L-L-E, and Jerry at Jerry O. Rome, that's G-E-R-R-Y-O-R-O-M-E. Please consider becoming a digital subscriber to America Media. Just click the link in our show notes. It's really easy to do, and it is the best way you can support our work here on Inside the Vatican. And if you have some time to spare, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Dully. We'll see you next time. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.